super right. duty super duty tough work folks i am here with mayor emily keller hagerstown <laughs> yeah how are you doing today I'm doing I'm doing excellent. Yeah, you look very mayoral in your office, I gotta say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been uh I've uh me and Emily are friends. We go way back to like two thousand four. Uh mm -hmm. Plague on Wheels tour, Idea and Abilities, I think. Yeah. I, I might have met you at, at with B of them and then Big Mike and then you know we heard you could sing back then and I mm -hmm. think that was uh uh how we originally met. Uh, you singing and we just kept in contact, you know, and uh, so it's been dope to see Emily, you know, we're Facebook friends, get into politics. And then now she's officially the mayor, you know, of uh, Hagerstown. And uh, it's just amazing, you know. So uh, today we want to talk about, you know, how her journey, how she became the mayor. And, uh, you know, it's it's quite a journey, especially for someone as young as her to kind of get into politics. And I hope this is a, an inspiring story to everyone. And uh, we'll take a break and we'll be right back. We got you stuck off the realness. The most infamous, you heard of us. Official podcast murderers. The show comes equipped with few points to share. Grown man ideas for all those who care and want to grow. So go ahead and download every single week with a brand new episode. You're not alone in this world, cousin. So we share information and honest discussion and keep repping the culture like we supposed to. They spread gossip, but they never come closer. I can hear it inside their tone. They talk about the industry but never left their home you get laced up with bullet points and such plus empowering topics that they never would touch you can put your whole network against the team but super duty tough works the mvp most valuable podcast on mp3 priceless info but all of it's free huh. so take these words home and think them through super duty tough work is coming at you now listening to Super Duty Tough Work with your host, Blueprint, raw and uncut, adult conversations, no shucking, no jiving, and no bullshit. All right, folks, we are back. Super Duty Tough Work, Blueprint here with Mayor Emily Keller. Uh, you know, we want to talk a little bit about uh, your backstory and just did you ever have any political aspirations growing up? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, if you would have told me like seven, eight years ago, I would be in politics. I would have told you you were crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. I, I remember. I don't ever remember you talking about it back in the day. No. I'm like, this is kind of wild. She's doing it though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I had opened a business seven years ago and started getting involved in the community and, and really seeing how things went. And so often we focused on national politics and being a small business owner, I started realizing that the the changes that were made at a local level are so important. And mm. when you looked at our local government here in Hagerstown and Washington County, it was like old white man, old white man, old white man, old white man, yeah. you know, the same people who had been in office all the time. And I thought, man, we need women. First of all, we need younger people in diversity. So I thought yeah. if I could run and inspire people to pay attention and inspire young people to get involved, it could kind of change the narrative. Yeah. So did so. you have any friends who were into politics? In, uh, prior to this? 
No, not really. I mean, I knew like a couple of the former mayor and I did business together, like at my insurance agency and things like that, but, but not really at all. And uh, something that really hit home to me was the opioid heroin epidemic. Mm. And uh, my best friend at the time was struggling with substance use. And I looked around locally and where I'm from on the map in Hagerstown, Maryland, were the perfect storm. And our numbers mm. were terrible and overdoses were just increasing and increasing. And I thought, no one's doing anything about it. And I watched the system constantly fail her. So I told her I wanted to run and give her a voice. And that was truly the platform that I spoke of the entire time I campaigned for city council. I talked about the opioid epidemic and how changes need to be made. And it resonated with people because all of us know someone who's struggling with drug addiction. Mm. And uh, Ashley ended up, unfortunately, overdosing and dying during my first campaign. Mm. And it really like, it was that fire that lit the spark that I couldn't stop now. You know, I had to win, but I not only had to win, I had to go out and change and, and keep my promise to give her a voice. So, you know, I kind of tried to turn tragedy into triumph. <laughs> yeah. So so when you talk about running for city council, that's still a significant step. Um, how were you ever intimidated by it? No. I, there's not a lot of things that scare me other than cricket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified of crickets. It's so random, but you know, yeah. you can hear no, them coming though. You don't, you know, oh, you know man, they're around. Oh, they hop and uh. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, there were times I get nervous public speaking, and of course, your first couple debates you don't know about the tax structure of the city or, mm. you know, how the weight water and wastewater department works and all these things you don't really think about. Um, but I just try to be honest. And if someone asked me a question, I didn't know the answer to, I didn't BS it. I just said, I don't know the answer, but I'll work hard to find it. Mm. So. Do, you, do you think that honesty kind of resonated with people more uh, because you took that approach? I, I think so. You know, I just, I would be vulnerable when I needed to be. And especially like, uh, in the substance use world and like speaking out about my friend and saying like, hey, we need to have this conversation as a community, as a family, like stigma is not okay. And I think because I allowed myself to be vulnerable and share that side of like, I just went through the most devastating time of my life. Mm. Let's all get together and work it that people, it, it resonated with people. Because so, yeah. I'm just, nor you know me, like I'm just a normal <laughs> person. I don't, it's weird when people call me mayor, like madam mayor and stuff. Like, no, please come on, call me Emily. I'm just normal. Yeah. Well, you got a couple of years to adjust to to it. This is like, what, officially your first month? Is this officially your first month? Se second month, second yes. Month. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm going to talk to you in like 10 months. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm Mayor Emily Keller. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be used Maybe. to it by then. Yeah, so, so when you were going through that learning process, um, because, you know, for most people getting into politics is kind of they study political science and uh, and then they go and study all these other fields and they major in that. And then they seek to have, you know, they try to get a job or internship for some party. You kind of went the opposite way. Uh, my question is, how did you kind of learn about those things? How much studying were you doing uh, from the time you decided to enter into politics? Yeah. Well, I really tried to reach out to all of our department heads. You know, like I met with the chief of police. I met with the chief of fire. I met with our finance director. I met with the city administrator and kind of picked their brain and learn. And then as soon as I got elected, I did ride alongs with all the different departments. So I toured the water and wastewater facilities. You know, I, I did a ride along with the fire department. I did 
uh, 12-hour overnight shift with the police and rode with them and just tried to see firsthand perspectives and then ask a lot of questions. I asked a lot of questions, probably to the point yeah. where city staff was like, please stop emailing me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it, it's definitely a lot to learn, but it's been exciting. And I've lived here my whole life. So as far as yeah. the city itself, I'm very familiar with. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that, you know, sometimes I think about it like, you know, you do have to be prepared to debate. You do have to be able to present to regular people in your city council meetings. And I was mm -hmm. like, how much of that is like, you know, you, you you're allowed to go back and learn things on the job. Or is there an expectation that, hey, you're here, you're supposed to know it all? No, we're, we're really blessed here to have a staff that is is very open to answering questions. So if there's something I don't know, I just reach out. You know, our, our city engineer is incredible. So if someone's asking me about a road paving schedule or something, you know, yeah. I reach out to the experts that understand that. So there's definitely a learning curve and it's a lot to learn, but it's more just dedicating and, and trusting the experts and, and reaching out to them. Yeah. So so I, I would like to also talk about like, what was your approach for your your first uh, a run? Like in terms of getting the word out, were you knocking on doors? Were you doing TV, Facebook? What was your approach to kind of getting the word out about who you were? I knocked on a lot <laughs> of doors, a lot. Um, I reached out to uh, one of the congressmen at the time, his staff members who had been really heavily involved in campaigns. And I pretty much asked to go to coffee and said, tell me everything I need to know. What do I need to do? And I just listened because here's people who have been actively involved in a congressional campaign. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I had information cards. I went out and knocked on doors, pounded the pavement. I did a lot of media marketing uh, with Facebook and Instagram. And I think really in this area, that election was the first time that people had really used social mm -hmm. media. And, you know, when you're talking about people and not to be stereotypical, but 50, 60, 70 that yeah. were running for politics, they weren't really using that outlet. So mm -hmm. it was a big advantage to me. But yeah, I, it was a lot of boots on the ground. And I was lucky to have a lot of volunteers. We would go out and take walking lists and kind of divide and conquer every weekend. And then yeah. as it got closer to the election, even some weeknights. Yeah. Were you ever, uh, I guess, how did you kind of uh, uh, wrap your mind around like the fundraising part of it? Because I mean, clearly, you know, you can be a great uh, candidate, but, you know, a lot of campaigns kind of fall short because of funding and funding seems to be why many people drop out. How, how did you handle the, the funding part of it? It's definitely awkward because everyone wants to ask, how can I help? And the answer has to be money. And how, you know, how awkward is that? You hey, know, it's real. the honest truth, though. Yeah. So, you just have to get over that uncomfortable part and just ask. And I was really blessed. Um, a lot of the local business owners here, I would sit down and talk to them. And I think they supported the fact that I was a small business owner and I mm. know the struggles. So people were very, very generous, yeah. which, which was nice. So we ended up being able to buy everything we needed to buy. Um, even as far as T-shirts, I didn't sell them as a fundraiser. I gave mm. them out because I okay. thought... I'm asking for someone to wear my name on a shirt. I don't want them to have to buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so I was lucky to be able to cover those expenses. Yeah, that's awesome. So so when it came for your, your city council run, like how confident were you the night of the election? So I had to be top five. Um, okay. In the primary, I had to be top 10. And I ended up coming in third, which oh. I was shocked by. That was like, 
you know, that was awesome. Yeah. So there's a council member who I serve with now, council member Alshire, who always won. He was the top vote getter all the time. People mm-hmm. love him. He's brilliant. So I was like hell bent on beating him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wanted him to be number two, but I really yeah. wanted to be number one. And yeah. I felt good going into election night, working the polls that day, the positivity I was receiving from people and like people yelling and cheering and saying I voted for you. It was a really, really cool experience. So yeah. I, I did end up being top vote getter and I like <laughs> cried like a baby for <laughs> hours. That's amazing though. Did your how how does your family feel about it the first time? Were they just shocked or I guess were they there for were they just there for the whole ride and they're like, we can't believe this. Like you. They were, yeah. They were there the whole time. My mom d- hates it secretly i mean she's very supportive of me but Mm -hmm. she's also very concerned especially in today's political environment like right before the election here she kept calling and saying are you safe and i said mom no one is targeting the mayor of hagerstown we're okay (laughs) (laughs) but still as a mom she was like very concerned so she gets worried about things like that but they are incredibly supportive and my daughter you know she's 13 so she's got to experience this whole thing with me yeah, I imagine the kids at school are like, wait a minute, your mom's the mayor. Has, has that hit her yet? Yes, yes, <laughs> it has. That's pretty cool. She can't act up, though. She can't act up in school. No. Well, I always joke with her because I know all the police officers in Hagerstown because you know that's part of city government. So I'm always like, wait till you're 16. You're not going to get away with anything. Facts, facts. Yeah, it's not going to be so cool when she's 16. She's like, no. I can't go anywhere. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to talk about like your. So with city council, that's where, you know, how many total members are on city council? Five. Five total members. Yeah. I met. What was your biggest lesson working with 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 those people? Sure. My lesson with working with government in general would be things are not what they seem like. There's so much hard work. I know Mm. people people think like politicians just sit around and do nothing. But I can tell you on a local level, people work really hard. Um, I think and then working with people, our first council, we had two Democrats, an independent and two Republicans. Oh, wow. So partisan issues really don't happen on a local level. You know, we're talking Mm -hmm. about potholes and things like that. Um, But it was very interesting to have those five different perspectives. And if we didn't agree, we could teach each other our different opinions. And I think for me, that was a lot. It it was a awesome lesson to see. We see so much division in Mm. politics. And I served with a man who's a Republican that if we talked about national politics, we would agree on nothing. But when it comes to local politics and helping our hometown and supporting small business, we can always find common ground. And I think that that was kind of the most important lesson I learned that we really are more alike than we're different. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, man. So. So, okay. so we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to talk about your mayoral run and uh, that whole experience. So we'll take a break and we'll be right back. To all fans of the Super Duty Tough Work podcast, I'm here to remind you that my fourth book is officially here. The name of the book is The Ten Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, and the book is available right now exclusively on waitlist.net. If you're a regular listener to the show and dig what we do, then this book is a must buy. It takes all of the concepts and inspiration that we provide every week to the next level. Better yet, it analyzes the careers and lives of some of the dopest hip hop artists and breaks down the exact traits that have made them so successful. Then 
it takes it a step further by showing you how to develop those traits. For all listeners to the show, I have a special offer just for you. When you enter the coupon code SDTW, you will be given a 10% discount off the book. That's exclusively for the listeners of the show and won't be announced anywhere else. Again, coupon code SDTW gets you 10% off your copy of my new book, The 10 Traits of Successful Hip Hop Artists, that is available now and shipping worldwide. So if you don't have the book yet, head over to waitlist.net and order your copy today. That's all for now. Back to the show. To all the vinyl collectors out there, I wanted to let you know that two of my most loved albums have been repressed on vinyl. The first album is my 2014 solo album, Respect the Architect. This album features guest appearances from Count Bass D, Illogic, and Midas the Beast, and sold out a couple months after it was originally made available. It's been reprinted again on yellow vinyl, available exclusively on waitlist.net. The second album is my 2018 album, Two-Headed Monster. The album features guest appearances from Slug of Atmosphere, Wordsworth, Superstition, Mr. Lift, AC Alone, and Haslow. Its initial pressing sold out a couple months after its release as well, but has been reprinted again on clear vinyl. Both of these LPs are available exclusively on waitlist.net, so head over there and pick up a copy while supplies last. Thanks for your support. Back to the show. All right, Super Duty Tough Work. We are back with Mayor Emily Keller. Yes, this is a hip hop podcast, but it's about being your best self, self improvement. And I can't think of too many better examples than Emily, who we used to kick it with in Philly at, at Idea and Abilities and Rhyme Series shows. And, uh, and to, to see her go from where she was then to now, you know, I remember one night in Philly. We went to see Quest Love DJ. And I don't know if you remember this night. <laughs> you, you, were, you were living on South Street at the time. And we walked. You were like, Quest Love's DJ. And I'm like, we're going. I think we had an off we're day there. or something. <laughs> and, yes. and we walked up to the door. And uh, I was behind you. And then we got in the club. And I think I was looking for my money. And you were just like, no, come on, I got you. And then we went in. And I was like, uh, let me hold on. Let me pay you back that cover. And you were like we didn't have to pay to get in i said what happened she said the girl at the door was like anybody who brings blueprint here don't have to pay (laughs) you remember that yes (laughs) and then i sang your hooks to you all night long yes yes. Yes. yeah that was a good night yeah that was a good night in philly i I think i was like 19 i wasn't even old enough to be in the club Yo, Questlove killed it. We was dancing all night in there. That place, yes. like the lights came on and the dance floor was still packed. Like yes. no one was leaving. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's amazing to see you do this. So let's talk about your uh your run for mayor. Because what made you go from city council to thinking, okay, I can actually I actually have a shot at that. Was there anything that you saw that made you think you had a legit shot before running? Well, I felt a lot of community support. People were reaching out and asking, but really the deciding factor for me was my daughter. Mm. Uh, she, she was 12 at the time and there's never been a female mayor. Okay. 
And she knew that. And she really, she was like, you got to run, you got to run. You got to be the first girl mayor. (laughs) And I did feel a lot of community support. I was concerned because I had to either rerun for council where I would have to be top five or I had to Mm -hmm. run for mayor and I had to win outright. And, you know, that's a lot of pressure. I felt like I was doing a lot of good work. I didn't want to give up, Mm -hmm. but I was inspired to run for mayor. I thought it was an important lesson for her. And I think representation matters. You know, when you walk down city hall and you don't see anyone that looks like you, um, that matters. We have to look like our leaders. So I wanted to do it and inspire not just women, but you know, everyone. So. Yeah. So were you running against someone who was an incumbent or was it two new candidates running? Uh, two new running? candidates. Okay. Yeah. In the primary, there was three of us. There was another woman named Andy Overton and then a man named Mike Barnes. And um, it was me and Mike after the primary. Nice. And we were two very, very different candidates. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so how spirited were the uh, debates then for the mayor? Well, COVID kind of screwed everything up for that kind of stuff because we couldn't really, we only did one in-person forum. It wasn't technically a debate, yeah. but it was for the Chamber of Commerce and it went really well. I mean, I was nervous going into it at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm the world's worst morning person, but you know, a couple answers in and I was like, okay, I feel confident about this. So yeah. that was good. The rest of everything else was like this online, which is always a strange dynamic, especially when there's multiple people that are answering questions. And so it was a different experience this time for sure than it was in 2016. Yeah. And and as far as a mayoral run, was there a different set of like information you needed to know? Whereas you had, you said, you know, city, you were basically doing, you know, process, uh, uh, infrastructure, uh, roads, What? but it seems like mayor, it's more of a, a little bit more macro. Is that true? Did you have to learn a different set of things to, to prepare? I didn't. I I was really lucky since I've already been involved in the city for four years, not saying I know everything by any means, but, you know, I know a little about a lot of what's going on. So it was more the questions are different a little bit in the forums and the mayor's kind of the face of the city. So people want to see that you can sell the city and that you make people want to come here and and spend time here or move here and live here. Got to be able to communicate to businesses and try to get them to locate here. And Mm. it's really more about being the face and the positive voice of the city, which is kind of what I ran on. Yeah. So so leading up to Election Day then, I mean, how was how was your fundraising then compared to your your council fundraising? Did was that kind of was it promising going in? Did you think you had a legit shot? It was, it, you know, it was hard at first. I was kind of freaking out because I filed to run in January. I did a big announcement. Our congressman here, uh, Congressman Tron, did my introduction, which was super exciting. You know, it had a big in-person kickoff. I started raising money and then COVID hits. <laughs> and then we're, <laughs> then we're quarantined. Yeah. And then businesses started struggling and people were struggling. People were losing their job. And how uncomfortable is it to ask people for money when, you know, unemployment rates are skyrocketing? Yeah. Um, so I was very blessed to still have a lot of support. I was able to do one in-person fundraiser, like right before the shutdown. And then I just did a lot of online donations. You know, I set up a site and would, every once in a while, just put out a video and say, hey, it's uncomfortable asking for money, especially during this time, but we got to win this campaign. And thankfully people were very generous. Yeah, that's amazing. So, so now how does your daughter feel now, now that you've actually did what she asked you to do? she's happy I did it you know it's it's pretty cool she's 13 so she's in that like weirdo teenage you know 
kind of isolated phase, but yeah. she'll come here with me to City Hall. And when I have meetings on Tuesdays, I'll go down the council chambers and we'll have our council meeting. Later that night, I'll see she was like making TikToks to post <laughs> from my office. <laughs> nice. So, nice. yeah, she, she likes it though. I think it's been a lot for her to get used to. And yeah. for people, people always talk to her because I post about Layla a lot mm -hmm. and I just share my life, what's going on. So we'll be out in public and a complete stranger will be like, hey, Layla, saw, you know, so-and-so or saw about your haircut. So, and she's a little like, ew, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how, so you've been, you say you've been on the job for two months right now. Mm -hmm. Is it more challenging than city council? How does it compare in terms of the challenge? Yeah, I think it's more challenging because even though the council, we have a strong council form of government. So in order for me to get anything done, I have to have at least three council members that agree. Yeah. Um, but because the mayor's kind of the face of the city, I think more people reach out to me with any issues they have or ideas. And I even on council, we got a lot of emails and it's constant interaction. But like yesterday, for example, I got here, at, I don't know, nine in the morning and from 11 until eight o'clock at night, I had back-to-back -back Zoom calls with people oh. and one in-person meeting. So Tuesday is when we have our meeting. So I always work from city hall Tuesdays and try to schedule as much city stuff as possible yeah. <laughs> on that day. But it's it's a lot and it's a juggling act, but I'm I'm happy that I did it. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta be a good feeling so far. It is, yeah. yeah. So for the people out there, you know, I think there are a lot of people, especially people who are younger or uh, they may be feeling sort of a sense of almost apathy or maybe like politics is like maybe something that they could never like it's out of reach. Uh, yeah. What would you say to the people who think that they uh, who may say, well, I don't know if I can make a difference. What would you say to those people? I would say that you absolutely can. I know I said it earlier, I would have never thought that I would be in this position, but I found something that I was passionate about and an issue that I wanted to, to help change. And I just took it and ran with it. So I would say, do it, just be yourself. I'm always trying to be unapologetically myself. If you don't like me, that's fine, but just tell the truth, go out and do it and put in the hard work. Right now, especially in this country, we're at such a turning point. You know, you, we just saw the first woman vice president elected. Um, just so many changes are being made. And I think younger people are finally paying attention. And I think that's exactly what we need because we need women leaders. We need black leaders. We need representation really does matter. And I, I encourage anyone to go out and go out and run. Just do it. Put in the work and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, well, well, that's all I had today. I want to thank you for joining me. Thank you. Yeah, this that is was a great. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know, it's, I'm not gonna hit you, as, you know, with no crazy gotcha questions. I'm just like, <laughs> you know, it's like I actually, like the tabloids. <laughs> yeah, well, now the easy stuff's out the way. Let me pull up this dirt I got on you, Mayor. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do you like that. Nah, it's a it's an inspiring story. So where where can people find you at if they want to find you online? So I am um, Emily Keller for Hagerstown. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I even have a TikTok. Okay. My 13 year old taught me. <laughs> and then um, HagerstownMD.org is our city website. You can go on there and, and there's contact information, but all my like cell phone, all that stuff's public. So if anyone has questions or wants to reach out, I'm always available. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today, Emily. Thank you. I appreciate Good you. Good to see you. Likewise. Oh, wait, you you got to smile at the camera so I can take a selfie with us. <laughs> you said, 
Oh, like now, let me know when. Or I can send you a screenshot. Yeah, that's what I was. Hold on, I turned my camera off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was going to do take a screenshot. Okay, let me know. Thank you for listening to Super Duty Tough Work. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow the podcast on SoundCloud. Peace. Shoot, I got styles already that's more complex than nobody know about. I mean, super duty tough work. <laughs>